Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm your host, Steve Griffey. And I'm Paul Burkhardt. Burkhardt. Yeah, yeah, yo. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think we already see a theme emerging for this episode. Yeah, yeah, yo. Sorry. Just got done watching that Stranger Things. So... Um, yeah, so we're going to do something a little different this day, today, guys, because we can, we can, that's why, because it's our <laughs> podcast and we make the rules. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk about a, a few little interesting video game things, some assorted topics. We got an email, um, to cover as well. Cause somebody listened to my yeah. in fucking impassioned plea at the end of the last episode and was like, I'm going to throw these guys a bone. Thanks for your oh bone, Nathan. that's what what she said (laughs) yeah um and then in the second half of the episode we're going to talk about stranger things because steve finished stranger things season four the uh today and i have been double d dying to talk about that with somebody (laughs) and i like i know it's sort of like but once again like i was saying it's our podcast we can do whatever we want the thing is is like i would like to figure out not I know this is cliche, right? For the host to talk about like a title or or something like on the show, like yeah, why don't you discuss this off air? So I've I've had some options, like since this is a different type of episode for us than what we normally do. I was thinking like how can we designate it, right? Cuz you know, our draft episodes <clears throat> have their own designation. Our um console episodes well they're named after the console i was trying to think like what is something that would signify something out of the ordinary yet still sort of video game related to keep up with the meme of it all and i think i got it right i think i see where you're going with this at least you know i'm not sure what you're going to tell me as the title but i kind of know you know i see what you're getting at I'm, i'm curious what is it oddball 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 yeah, we'll Odd call this up as we'll say it'll be high potion, oddball, stranger things. That's what'll show up like in the feed. And the, the cool thing about it is, I don't think anybody's ever used that for that purpose. So like 
we continue to be innovators. <laughs> That's you know, right. Podcast innovation. You know, the, the kind of guys who come up with a fucking kick-ass concept for an episode and people just know, uh-uh. That's real good. We got to do that too. <laughs> we got to do that too. We, you, old Bungie talks about, or 343 talks about us. You know who they don't talk about? High Potion. <laughs> Let's throw them a bone. Yeah, get, Sacred Icon. Us. <laughs> Sacred Icon. Thanks for the bone. I'm just fucking with you guys. Come on. I hope you guys. <laughs> like, that was a bit made for two goddamn people, Brian and Josh. That's who that bit was for. <laughs> well, in our own personal amusement, of course. That's um, right. But... <laughs> I like I, I was to... actually flattered by the way. I'm I wanna just yeah. wanna say I was flattered that they, they did that idea and I, I really enjoyed the episode. It was a real good episode. I will tell you guys, it was real funny. So, you know, because of my new schedule, I, I sleep a little later, right? Than normal. Um, because I stay up later. And I woke up one morning and I got a I got a uh text from Steve that's like, Hey, have you seen that have you listened to the newest sacred icon? And I was like, no, what's up? And I was about to say, like, surely Josh isn't dropping some other fucking hot tweets of, or, or hot uh, takes about Tifa. Surely he ain't <laughs> fucking dis putting some disrespect on her name again, right? That's that's what I'm thinking. And I was like, no, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. I'll probably check it out on my day off tomorrow. And he goes, they did a character draft. And I said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Ooh!" <laughs> That's what I said. I was sitting in my bed. I ain't have a shirt on. You know, my my dad bod is glistening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like hair, hair everywhere, everywhere, son. It, it, you know what? You could, it would look like a Far Side cartoon. You remember that fucking newspaper strip? And it'd be like, of course, it's one the, of my favorites. The Sasquatch wakes up and finds an interesting text message and it would just be me getting up out of bed. You know what I mean? Fucking looking like a, looking like a wampa. Yeah. Looking like a, a dirty ass wampa looking like that, that scene in solo when he falls down in the mud pit and Chewbacca's down there. <laughs> oh. Underrated movie. That's solo. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, Bro, I forgot what I was even going to say. I got, I got too far. I got lost in the meme. I went too far down yeah. the meme hole, bro, and I don't know how to get back out. Throw me a bone. Throw, throw me a lot. I got to stop talking about bones. I've used three bone <laughs> references so far, and that's got to be it. So I did have something I wanted to talk about, which is um, I'm finally getting my Steam Deck. Yes, baby. I'm so excited yeah. for you, buddy. Um, just expect a couple gifted games from your boy halls because they they make good episodes i'll just say they make good episodes and we can play them together yeah man you know i did Look, my... i'm really excited about steam deals and stuff so yeah you know i did on. my uh exploratory voyage early in on having the steam deck and finding some compatible games that we could maybe play together and i also talked our buddy nick into getting one of them so that sounds like a good time to me um heck yeah i didn't know you'd talk nick into getting a steam deck this is news no, no, to no, me no, no. one Breaking of the games one of the games that oh okay we can play okay. on our steam deck with other people so what i'm saying is monster hunter rise i'm saying like, oh yeah good the yeah. three of us could group up and play monster hunter rise together be perfect a good time. Um, i love this 
Yeah, man, I got the I got the email on Monday, but uh, we had to hem and haw and figure out some financials, me and my wife, because we still haven't gotten our freaking tax return yet this year, which is how I was going to buy that thing. But um, we got to figure it out. And so I, it's, I think it's going to get here guessing like Tuesday, mm -hmm. probably Wednesday at the latest, but nice. I think Tuesday is a realistic guess. I, I really can't wait. I'm going to tell my parents, um, you know, I have a birthday in in December early, and then Christmas is obviously later in the month, and I'm just going to tell them, just buy Steam gift cards. I just want to wake up with, like, 100 Steam gift cards under the tree, <laughs> individually, individually wrapped, wrapped. you know? <laughs> Look like some kind of fucked up 80s Visa commercial. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'll just keep making the same, like, oh, heck yeah, Steam card. Like, the mm -hmm. same every time I open one. Oh, heck yeah, Steam card. Bro, you know, like, super excited. You know that's, that's how I did for, like, the last, the, for, like, a year and a half before I even got my order. Anytime there was, like, a birthday or Christmas, I would tell people, I just want Steam gift cards. And people would be like, <laughs> oh, like, come on, gift cards. And I'd be like, no, that's what I want. I will be so stoked with that. I'd be so stoked yeah, with that. Yeah. So that's how I was able I mean, to afford my Steam Deck. You're giving me the gift to choose any video game I want. Bruh. And that's like the ultimate gift for Man, me. I like, look, I, I'm someone who genuinely enjoys like buying gifts, like and figuring out like, oh, for Christmas, I'm going to get my brother-in-law goose this. He'll fucking love it, you know? But I understand, I'm, dude. I, I have a lot of pride in my ability as a gift giver too. Please too, continue. Man. I have always like, and I enjoy it, right? But this mm -hmm. is the thing. I don't know many gamers, quote unquote gamers, not like gamers. You know what I mean? Not Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> not, you know, gamers. Like, you know, normal, everyday ladies, every normal day dudes who play video games, especially in the modern era when digital purchases are the sort of go-to way to buy games now, right? I haven't bought a mm -hmm. physical game since the launch of the new systems, right? Yeah, same. Same. I mean, like, I got that physical copy of Elden Ring only because it was the gigantic collector's edition. Right. I don't even know if that counts because I didn't buy it for the physical game. I sincerely believe, right, that there is not a single person who plays video games with any regularity, someone who would consider that a, a favorite hobby of theirs, who would be disappointed in a gift card to Steam or PlayStation Network or Xbox Live or the Nintendo eShop, whatever it may be, you know? Mm-hmm. Buddy, every time I get one of those, I'm like, oh, my God, free games, bro. Free games. <laughs> the, po I'm... the possibilities are endless. What and, game am I going to get? And you would think I'm a fucking a beautiful mind. Or what was that movie with Matt Damon and Ben <laughs> Affleck with the, the math? Goodwill hunting. Yeah, you think I was goodwill hunting the way I'm calculating how many games <laughs> I can get on during the Christmas sale. Because that's the best. When you get a gift card. While the Christmas sale is going on on the digital network, I'll be like, I'm going to add eight games that I'll never play. <laughs> Do you remember the scene in Goodwill Hunting when he when he slams the the notebook paper with her number on the window and he goes, yep. "I got a number," you know oh, that part. Bro. Yeah, we should meme that. We should like put you slapping like a copy of I don't know Bioshock on the window or something. Like that. No, <laughs> a, a Xbox gift card. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. But I just <laughs> like you know I got I got this with your gift card. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Perfect. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just think gaming-related gift cards, and it's for me personally at least, I just don't see how that's a bad thing. Like, I understand the, the concept of putting a lot of thought and time into a gift, but to me, that's a lot of thought and time. You just enabled me to do one of my favorite things. Browse the seasonal sale and purchase God, games yes. that I'll play for five minutes and be like, oh, this is really cool, and never boot up again, and never boot up again. <laughs> You'll stare at it for uh -huh. a little while on your on your like my games page or yep. whatever, and you'll be like, "Oh man, yeah, that." And then like there'll come a day when it, it maybe three months, it maybe six months, <laughs> it maybe a year, but yep. And then you'll sadly delete it <laughs> because you need the space Sit for another game you're not going to play probably. But <laughs> yeah. sitting there talking, you know. talking to myself, talking about, "Oh man, I really meant to finish." uh hell point i don't know <laughs> i'm i really <laughs> insert yeah like any assassin's creed game oh my god man i really meant to finish Assassin's creed origins that shit was cool egypt man mummies and shit yep. yeah man it's beautiful Bye! <laughs> oh it's taking up 180 gigs see you later <laughs> you know Goodbye. <laughs> nice to know you. <laughs> yeah, I gotta put the new Assassin's Creed on there. Uh, bro, Valhalla? Vikings? <laughs> That's even cooler than Egypt. Bye. Play Valhalla they for three back... nights. <laughs> they brought back the wrist blade, man. Come on. Oh, gotta, the hidden I blade. I mm -hmm. I got the gold edition on sale for $14. It comes with six DLCs I'll never advance to. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. oh my god it's funny because it's true <laughs> it's real true <laughs> it's one of those things where i'm like oh man that might explain a lot no wonder bruh um, yeah we should just we should just do an episode that's called like tales of the backlog where we just it's just us reading off the our oh, backlog of games <laughs> buddy what i okay this will take some research this is the same thing tales from backlog backlog i want you to go into your xbox you know available to install games you know what i mean it'll tell you and i want you to write them down and guesstimate how much of that game you played Okay. Okay. Bro, I this think this is a little be, project. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we could whip up right now. It's not something, you know, we're going to have to do our homework. We're going to have to prepare. Right. But I think it'd be real funny to just detail all the purchases and playtime of each of those games because it's going to be embarrassing. I'm filling a hole. And we're just, and, and this is just the shit that's on my our digital purchases you know mm -hmm. this isn't counting going way back to before when we had like games actual games and had to put those in the same shit used to happen when oh. you could just go buy used games at gamestop i used like, to just go buy three games oh yeah they'd be having that deal <laughs> you know? buy two get five for free or some shit you know what i mean walking out like a goddamn king you got those fucked up gamestop cases that don't have the artwork and it's just the generic yes. black and red artwork and you're like I'm going to buy one online and complete it. I'm, I'm sure somebody <laughs> never buy it. No manual. Yeah, no. just fucking no the manual. goddamn disc. The disc looks like it's been used to play disc golf in the last six months. Somehow it still works. Your machine gets a virus like it's a, a Windows 95 PC. You know what I'm talking about? Your dad being like, where are you going on the internet? 
how did you do this to your computer? And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I'm going to StarWars.com. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man, yeah. Tales from the Backlog is going to be a good time. Write that down so we don't forget it somewhere. <laughs> so um, this kind of ties in in a little way, interestingly enough. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Have you ever backed a video game project um, on Kickstarter? I have not. And okay. you know me, I've backed a lot of things on Kickstarter, but they're like board games. 99% board games. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was always just sort of waiting, right? For the perfect mm-hmm. act opportunity to back a game. And that eventually came around with Ayudin Chronicles. I love Suikoden. This is like the spiritual successor. Yeah, man, I'll give you a couple of bucks to make that game. Um, right, and you're still wait. You're still waiting on that one to come out, right? Like that's coming out uh, maybe next next, next year? year. Next year is what they're saying. Right. It could get delayed some more. You know, not uncommon for a Kickstarter. I knew going right. in, like backing something like this is a waiting game. You know. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. You're basically paying for something you're going to get years down the line, probably. Right. And uh, with video games, it's even more volatile, I think. You know, there's been some success stories. I think um, Kingdom Come, is that is that the name of the game? What's Kingdom. the name of the game I'm thinking of? <laughs> come The Come Kingdom? Kingdom Come Deliverance is what you're thinking of. <laughs> That's it. Come Kingdom. You want to talk about a backlog yeah, game? Deliverance. Buddy, I installed that game. I bought that game on the app while I was at work one day and did like the thing where it'll be it'll be installed when you get home. And buddy, I was antsy. I was so fucking antsy to get home. I was like, I'm going to get home. I'm going to eat some dinner. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to stony baloney. And I'm going to play Kingdom Come Deliverance. I'm so fucking excited. The plan executed perfectly. I played Kingdom Come Deliverance for three hours that evening and never played it again. <laughs> and you know, people like that game. Like from I what I understand, good. it's got like a pretty good, pretty good following or whatever. But that one, that one had uh, did pretty well on Kickstarter. I think didn't the guy who did Symphony of the Night? He he did another game. Bloodstain. Uh, Bloodstain. Ritual of the Night. That's it, buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You. You know how much I love Symphony of Night. We we'll talk about it all the time. Fucking installed it on the Xbox. Super excited to play it. <laughs> Got into it, and I was like, "Oh man, they did it! Those crazy bastards did it! It really does feel like a new Symphony of the Night." And you know, I love Castlevania in general. It's like a favorite franchise yeah. of me. Same. Fucking a dude with a whip fighting Frankenstein. Sign me up. <laughs> so. Guess what? I played Bloodstained Ritual of the Night uh, one night and never played it again. <laughs> man, ADD is wonderful. It's something, man. It's something. <laughs> it sure is. Well, anyway, so that was um, what I thought was my first Kickstarter uh, backing that I did, right? And, you know, I've been getting the updates, and then they put out sort of that tie-in prequel game or whatever on Game Pass. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm I'm planning. I'm trying to be more gaming responsible lately. I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times. But I'm trying to focus and get some shit done and, and not just jump around. Um, and then today, or this week rather, uh, I think it was Wednesday, I was... Uh, flipping through my phone as I do and I see a, a headline from Loudwire, right? Loudwire is like this uh, 
is heavy music journalism. <laughs> it's like a website about the kind of goofy ass music I'm into, right? And I'm the headline is yeah. the headline is you have to check out this video game inspired by Tool. Buddy, my hands broke out in an immediate sweat and I was shaking more than normal. I almost dropped my phone. You I could not click the link fast enough. Bruh, I've been waiting for this. Are you talking? You're talking about two things. I was like, please don't be a visual novel. Please don't be a visual novel because I don't know. And then I read it. It's a JRPG inspired by Tool, bro. About opening, about opening your third eye. This is a journey to open your third eye or something. I backed it. I had to. I had no choice but to back this game. And the game's called Exit Vale. Exit Vale, an occult and tarot JRPG. So, like, they've designed this really intricate tarot deck that you can get as a reward for backing it, right? Um, and they've got some other crazy rewards. Just like any video game Kickstarter, they're going to be like, um, pay us more money than uh, anybody should send in a digital transaction, and we'll put you in the game. You can be in a game. You've always wanted to be in a video game, right? <laughs> I ain't do that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't go that far. Well, yeah. I mean, those tiers are usually pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I I had to back it. I didn't get like the physical. Um, deck or anything i can't even remember what perks i did like the the standard here you're going to get the game in 2024 when it comes out mm-hmm. and you know that's not going to be really yeah. when it comes See, out that's, that's the tough thing about video games and kickstarter because mm-hmm. you're you're basically banking on the fact that you can get it done before that money runs out right and then you can recoup your costs later when you release it yeah, and, and sell and, it on Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. But you know, a lot of times, if the development doesn't go well and and they have to keep you know keep going mm-hmm. and they're out of money, that's that's when you can run into some real serious issues. Yeah, Hopefully and, that that won't be the case. Did you notice how many backers it had already? Oh, it's done. It it got ple- it, it got fully funded today. I got the notification it, on my Apple Watch. It said the project you backed is fully funded. It still has, st- though, like a couple of weeks left in the campaign, I would imagine, to try to raise more funds. Yeah, it's 26. <laughs> it's still 20. I I saw it the day it happened, so it's 26 days later. Or twenty more, okay. 26 more days. 26 more days, right. Okay. Um, so this is, the, this is what I got. I got the Exit Veil Early Bird. <laughs> um, $69. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so j- check this out. This isn't half bad. This is something they were only running for the first 72 hours. Um, I get right. to become a shadow, your name in the game, bro. I yeah, don't that's know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but do you, you know how many people probably backed it at this level? How many different shadows they're going to be with just random dipshits names? What are the odds that I actually come across the fucking Halls Burkhart shadow? Right? I don't know. Maybe maybe you will. It'd be awesome. Um a single download copy of Exit Veil JRPG for PC or console. Um, oh, actually, actually, I did get the tarot card deck. Look at me, Mr. Fucking Fancy Pants. Exit Veil tarot. Shipping collected after campaign. Access to private Discord. Won't be using that. Uh, beta builds. <laughs> digital copy of the Exit Veil art book. Digital soundtrack. 
um, and uh, you know the Kickstarter newsletter or whatever. So not half bad, but boy, cool man. Yeah, sounds sounds fun. I, I mean, hope this game gets made, and I hope I'm around to play it because, oh God, man, a tool and spot. Jeez, talk about two things I love getting mushed together like fucking peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really curious as to what the conceit of the game will be, you know. Yeah, and they had a pretty like, pretty good trailer you could watch and it's it's definitely a more detailed Kickstarter, you know. Like they've got some what I assume is like <coughs> alpha footage and stuff and it looks pretty cool. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, the early bird stuff you mentioned, that's pretty common as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, a couple of board games that you can usually get it discounted. And sometimes you'll be able to get like something rare that isn't in the rest of it that right. not available to everybody else or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious uh, to hear your experiences. You know, you'll be able to follow the the people should be releasing updates all throughout. Yeah. Oh, you about development and stuff. So you let the them be one of those failed Kickstarter game projects that never gets released. And doesn't refund. Pu- oh, buddy, you t- tune in three years from now or whenever the fuck, you know. Well, here's a question for you: Is <clears throat> I assume the band has has to have blessed this? So it says Tool inspired, right? So okay. now, mm-hmm. so you were mentioning earlier about the amount of funding they get, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes what you do see is I think this was even the case with Iuden Chronicles, where they get funded. And then a publisher comes on board and helps with the rest of the cost. I see. The right? costs. That makes right. sense. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a, a Kickstarter that catches a lot of attention like Iudin Chronicles did. Um, you mm-hmm. can see that happen sometimes. So that might happen in this case. But what I'm really hoping happens is nerdy-ass J- Adam Jones, you damn nerd, Um is scrolling through social media one day and sees this and he's like, well, I got to get involved with that. <laughs> Let's make another tool album, baby. <laughs> Let's get it out. Then it'll be a race, a race to the latest, which, which one's going to come last a new tool album or this game. <laughs> I my money's on the album. But... Yeah. I, I don't know that I could take that. I don't know that my poor fucking heart could take the anxiety of that. So maybe I don't want that to happen. <laughs> you nerd that was hilarious you damn nerd he is like <laughs> clearly the nerdiest one he buys graded comic books and stuff and like for the longest time you know i would probably if somebody said hey who's your favorite member of tool like they're talking to me about the beatles or some shit right i'd be like <laughs> george harrison um i would always probably say danny carey right and mm-hmm. then like three years ago two years ago whenever the last tool album came out he was on a podcast and it immediately became apparent that he's like a fucking super nerd. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm feeling something a little funny. Was it <laughs> Was it the Chris Jericho podcast? It was. It was. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I remember that. I listened to that as well. So This was right before the record came out. It was a good interview. He's a, he's a rad dude, man. I really mm-hmm. like I really like him. So cool. He's uh, worked on the list of crazy movies. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's all good, buddy. So this is the thing. So after I backed that, I was like, oh, I'm going to go check, see what ep- uh, updates are going on with Iudin Chronicles. And there's like a section on Kickstarter where you can go and it's like projects you backed. 
And then down there at the bottom, there was something listed that I didn't recognize. I said, Nani. (laughs) And I went and looked. And apparently, I backed the Switch remaster of a game called The Wonderful 101. Do you know about this game, Steve? Kind of, yeah. It was a action-adventure game um, involving superheroes that Platinum did, right? And it was one of those mm-hmm. games that only released on the Wii U. And there, you know, I never had a strong pull to get a Wii U, but there was a couple of games where I was like, well, if I had an, a Wii U, you know, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, or no, whatever Xenoblade game was on there. And this was one of them. I always just thought it looked kind of cool. So apparently I backed this, right? A, a remaster of this game for the Switch. And I was like, well, did that ever get delivered? So I start looking into it. And then I say to myself, I'll be damned. It did get delivered. And I was like, did I actually receive it, though? Did, like, maybe a package get stolen? Or did he get misdelivered two years ago? And then I'm like, all right. I'm going to go see if it's sitting on the shelf. So I wheel my ass into the living room. I'm looking at my Switch games. And they're right at the very left, like right up against the side of the shelf, is a fucking shrink-wrapped copy of the wonderful 101 on Switch with a cover, a lenticular cover on it that says Kickstarter exclusive. Bro, when did I get this game, unpackage it, and then just put it on the shelf never to be played again? Weird. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I get in a fugue state, a video game fugue state, where I get these games, I'm like, I'm play the shit out of this. Definitely, all the achievements coming here, baby. Platinum, here we go. Mm-mm. Shrink-wrapped. <laughs> Shrink-wrapped like the shelf is a goddamn GameStop, my dude. I'm an idiot. Did you try it? Nah. I, I need to charge my Switch. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> Gotta charge Fantastic. my Switch. I'll play it someday, you know, whenever I, I supposedly retire, right, and play video games for the rest of my life, knowing my ass is going to be wa- working, have a fucking heart, ad- heart attack on the phones at my new job, and, and then they'll be like, hello? Hello, sir? Hello, sir? Are you still there? You're helping me with my problem. <laughs> I'm all old and decrepit, looking like the, the Crypt Geekver doing fucking customer service. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Retire. Yeah. Sure, fella. Oh, when I do win the lottery, still know who the, do people still know who the Crypt Keeper is? I, I love that reference, but, but kids don't know about the Crypt Keeper these days, probably. You know, that's a reference I often use to describe something or someone that might look old and decrepit. You know, right. and maybe I do need to update the meme a little bit. <laughs> maybe I mean, a, I think throwbacks are good. I do too, and boy, do I love Tales from the Crypt. Boy, do Me I too. love that. So. But, yeah, it might be a bit of a dead meme at this point. When was Demon Knight released? That's the last time fucking Tales from the Crypt was relevant. 96? Definitely the 90s. Yeah, the the late mid to late 90s. I'm going to look it up. I got this uncanny ability to fucking nail a release date of something random like that within a couple of years. Demon Knight. 96 sounds about right. I mean. 1995, baby. 1995. Okay. I told you, I got I got the fucking uh, shining for useless bullshit. Does it say when in 95? Oh, I didn't go that far. Oh, if okay. it's like December 31st, <laughs> 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 release it. Nah, man, January 13th, 1995. 
Okay, so I was still in high school. Okay. Yeah, I was 12. Barely. I was 12. And nice. I went to see that movie and um, uh, with my dad. And, you know, there's that scene. There's like a couple of scenes of like some boobies in that movie, right? <laughs> and like, you know, my dad had been taking me to R-rated movies for way too long at that point. But this lady behind us, she she took her hands and reached over and covered my eyes during <laughs> one of the scenes. Man, well, I just slapped that lady's hands off of my face. Don't you touch me, lady. I don't know who you are. And my dad just laughed. He just laughed. <laughs> um, a funny thing about that movie, it stars um, Angie Dickinson, who our buddy Nick was really into. No, that's I remember Portello he was Blood. Super... Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yes, it's also a Tales from the Crypt movie, yep. right? Yep. Good call. Good call. Yes. That's the one with Dennis Miller. Oh, my God. Now, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, um, Nick was obsessed with Angie Dickinson. What was her name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. Uh, so he had, he was there day one. He was waiting at the front of the line, handshaking, holding cash. Definitely it was, back- was. Definitely it, was. It's back when it, the day, it just the night had- before. <laughs> He's like, are you ready for tomorrow, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know what tomorrow is? Bordello of blood. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Do you know what a bordello is? Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Angie Dickinson. <laughs> bordello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's he's standing at the window, and it was the window back in the day where it was like the glass with the little half moon opening that you like slid your money up in. You're like, one for bordello of blood, please. <laughs> Voice all cracking and shit. They gave you the little red ticket that they just tore in half when you went in. Didn't even say what movie you were on. It had a serial number. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, man. No, did you want to do the email? Oh, my God. <clears throat> Sorry, Nathan. I fell too hard in the meme hole. This shit went off the rails in the first <laughs> half, my dude. It was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm always down for a dive in the meme hole. All right. We got an email from our buddy, Nathan. What's up, Stephen Halls? This is Nader Goat, a.k.a. Nathan, or Nate, or a.k.a. Tricky Nikki's little brother. One question, yeah. and forgive me if this one has been answered. I feel like we've all been there with a popular game or series at one point in our gaming lives. What is a popular game or series you tried to play and enjoy, but simply couldn't, and why? Well, that's a really good question. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I gotta I, let me think on this because there's got to be one. Um, you know, like I, I've, I've established, I'm not much of a Call of Duty guy. I've played mm-hmm. Call of Duties. I think the campaigns are fine. You know. Like, they're very sort of generic action movie, rah, 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 roar, war, you know, stories or whatever. Um, But Call of Duty just doesn't do it for me. It's never gotten its hooks in me like it has Will or like it has Goose or even you during the first Modern Warfare or Nick or Buddy Jeff. Yeah, I was into it for a while. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. If if that one sort of counts... um, I would say that that counts. Um, something that comes to mind for me is Apex Legends and pretty much the whole battle royal royale genre. Mm-hmm. Like I was really into PUBG, but basically anything after that, I I'm not, and I'm yeah. just terrible at them. Any of those fast twitch action games, I'm just not really good at them. Um, so that kind of kind of colors oh. my expectations a little bit on okay. those games, and I just have to avoid them. All right. So, 
I have one more to add to that. So there is this long-running series of JRPGs, right, called Atelier. I believe that's how you you call it. They're alchemy JRPGs, turn-based combat. Um, they're anime as hell. Um, I read a headline where they were they described one of the newer entry in um, uh, in the game series as Altierier, whatever the subtitle is the game that's all about anime thick thighs saving lives and i was like downloaded got you i got you let me make a note on my iphone so when i get home i download it on the ps5 and it was um my next game i was going to play after something right i think maybe it was when i finally sat down and played all the way through final fantasy 7 remake i was like all right i'm going to finish this game and i'm going to move on to this new um jrpg series and maybe like i'll have a, a brand new favorite jrpg series and i start playing it bro and it was not for me and it was one of those cases where i gave it what i felt like was a decent amount of time to hook me because sometimes there is like that barrier to entry with a video game right if you play the first mm -hmm, five sure. minutes of a souls game even if you're playing that over and over you're not really getting to the part where it's going to get its hooks in you, right? Right. If you play, um, you know, Ze Legend of Zelda, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, and you play it for five or six hours, it probably is not going to have its hooks in you just yet. There's going to be this point that you pass where, like, you get committed to the game, right? Um, mm -hmm. This game I probably gave 20 hours because I wanted to like it. And, buddy, I did not like it. So just that wouldn't do it for you. Just wouldn't do it for me. No matter how many cute fucking anime ladies they threw at the screen or how many weird questionable costumes I could change those ladies into, bro. It had a lot going for it. Let me tell you, did not get me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, another one that I can throw out there is, is a game that we've talked about before. And it's a complicated one because it's one that I, I loved and spent, a lot of my life playing for the last few years since like 2013 or 14 or whatever it came out. And that's destiny. Yep. You know, and buddy like at one time mm -hmm. it was all I wanted to play. It was all I thought about. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd come home and like, it was my job and play it. And now just the thought of playing it kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach you, a little bit. You know, it's, you know? It, it is one of my favorite, like, sort of salty memes that we share like me you and nick mm -hmm. where like if we're just in sort of a salty mood on the headset somebody would be like you guys want to go play destiny and then for the next 20 <laughs> minutes we just kind of do do on destiny <laughs> well it's it's like to, they went to those dudes in office space when they take the printer out to the back and, and destroy it with their baseball bats or mm -hmm. whatever you know and let me tell you this <laughs> kind of if, if they ever get around to a Destiny 3, if they ever move on from 2, I guarantee you, I make a 100% guarantee, because this is how I know myself, I'm going to be on this show talking about, yeah, I got the Destiny 3 big edition, the one with the big statue, <laughs> going to be playing that. Took a day off from work to play it at midnight. Very excited. Very, very excited for Destiny 3. I'm going to be all about it. So you, you, I'm, I know who I am, right? But nope. I'll play it. 
maybe it'll get it. Maybe this one would, would be the one that does it, but I guarantee you like six to eight months down the road after that, I'd be like, man, fuck destiny three. Why do I have this giant statue on my desk? <laughs> it's just a big orb. The plain paint application is all sloppy. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. If, uh, if you don't want Stranger Things Season 4 spoilers, this is where to fucking get the hell out of here. Because we're going to talk about it in detail for the last part of this episode. If you don't care about spoilers, you can listen. If you've seen it already, you can listen. Otherwise, come back and check it out sometime later after you finish the season. Um, yeah, because we're going to go hard into spoiler territory, talk about the ending and shit. So, so buddy, just um, give me your high-level first thoughts thoughts on season four of stranger things all right first impressions were that it was my favorite season so far i agree i think it's my new favorite i think it is my new favorite season of theirs and i really liked three i thought three was a big step up from the second season which i found pretty lacking to be honest um Mm -hmm. but man i found this season to be incredible like firing on all cylinders for most of it yeah i agree there was maybe some slower moments but Mm -hmm. not even slower moments Uh, i feel like some of it could have been trimmed a little bit you know it was a pretty long season indulgent um yeah yeah nine episodes and i think the shortest one was like around an hour and five minutes but most of them were around an hour and a half and the finale was around two and a half hours yeah very so it's a good it speaks to the how much I liked the show that my wife and I were just like, let's keep going, knock mm-hmm. it out one a day. You know, just <clears throat> we tend to take our time with shows like that, but we really wanted to get through it. Once we started it, we, you know, the momentum just carried us through. But I, I, we, I really dug it. I thought the performances were really strong. Across um, the board. Not yeah, a weak I thought, one I thought in there the was box. a weak one. Damn. Um, yeah new characters were great i really liked eddie r.i.p buddy um man yeah this is a rough season for me in general because uh okay like we're talking about spoilers you know if you were to sit down with me before i saw the last episode and say hey who are some of your favorite stranger things characters i'd be like well I mean, I know they just added him this season. Eddie is absolutely one of them. Boy, do I love that character. Boy, do I love that character. And I'd have been like, you know, Max. Max is one of my favorites. They better not fuck around with Max. Um, yeah. yeah. Boy, that didn't turn out super well by the end of that last episode. Yeah, um, there's, there's our tension for, for next season. Yeah, but uh, um, Argyle was great. A great oh addition. My God, I do I love that character? Uh, come on. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's kind of Hurley esque. You know, he even oh. drives like the Hurley Hurley esque van, maybe it was a pizza van. But you know, uh, he was real hilarious. My only problem was he kept they kept saying "my dudes," mm-hmm. which felt a little anachronistic to me. Maybe that was part of the California slang back then, but I, I don't know. That felt that was the one part that of his patois that stood out as being a little funky but he was still hilarious i i don't i wonder if that was a wig (laughs) had to have been right yeah okay so listen (laughs) so you brought up that i have one to bring up where 
Okay, so there's a couple of times throughout the season where they mention a Nintendo. Like, there's that scene where Lucas's sister is like, if he keeps doing this, he's going to owe me a Nintendo with Duck Hunt, right? Um, and then I think somewhere later in the season, you hear it again, something about a Nintendo. It's a little early, like, actual time-wise for the Nintendo to be a thing. Right. Like, I looked it up, and by this time, right, because when the Nintendo, the NES, launched in North America, because it was post-video game crash, right, they were trying to be real careful about um, introducing this new video game system in North America. So what they did is they launched it in test markets and in, in New York and in L.A. So it is very possible that someone in L.A. or New York or, you know, a somewhat surrounding area might have come in contact with the Nintendo, but this is not the time when Nintendo was widely known, right? I don't know that, like, you know, a, a middle-class kid in Hawkins, Indiana, in the Midwest would know what a Nintendo was at this time. Does it matter? Right, that makes no. sense. No, but it did kind of stick out to me being like, oh, I wonder if that's a little bit of a flub up there. Yeah, they probably just saw that it came out in 86 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um one thing that I saw um, that uh, apparently there's people were saying that, um, you know, that part where Eddie plays Master of Puppets, yeah. oh, which was awesome. Boy, do I. Remember, I was um, telling you, so I finished it a little faster than you, right? Not by yeah. much, because mm -hmm. it took me a little while to get through this season because of my new schedule. I had to watch some of these episodes in like chunks, 30 minutes here, 45 minutes there. Um, so... Uh, we were talking about the use of music in this episode. And of course, you know, the Kate Bush song came up and at the point, yeah, yeah, yo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. And uh, what a kick-ass song. And I said to you, oh, they do some real cute, cool shit with music later in the season too. That's all I said, because I knew yep. my dude, Steve was going to love that master of puppets bit. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, well, you know me, uh, but apparently people were saying, that the record had come out maybe like three weeks earlier and would he have been able to learn it in three weeks by ear or whatever and i was like yeah i think he i think he could maybe we're stretching a little bit on the solo but he's obviously a good guitar player mm -hmm. and their riffs aren't like that crazy hard in that song they're just played like insanely fast right right, right like right. that's kind of metallica recipe it's like easy riffs played super fast so he could definitely do it yeah i man. bought that I 100%. bought it immediately. I bought and yeah, when and it the kicked actor in, did a good job. when it kicked in, wolf, a wolf, buddy. You got. <laughs> yeah. I was real excited, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, there's no way he doesn't survive this. He just did one of the most badass things in Stranger Things history. This dude's going on to the. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so I got to bring up something that I think contributed to my like of this season so much, and that is from. <laughs> episode one i got a strong nightmare in elm street vibe from it and that's Big my time. favorite horror franchise of all time freddy's my dude that's what got me into horror movies when i was a kid yeah a kid it was the 80s sometimes your parents <laughs> let you let you watch it you shouldn't all right um but like the scene where eddie and um chrissy are in the trailer like her death scene Buddy, it reminded me so much of that first death scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where the sort of skeezy dude and Tina are in the bedroom and 
um, Freddie starts messing with Tina in her sleep. I was like, uh oh, they might have got me with this one. It, it reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, that's the right button to push. I mean, they even had Robert England that's as what I was a, say. had a cameo, and I had no idea. I had no idea that he was in this season. So when they went to see old Victor Creel, and it turned out to be Robert England, I was like, I'm on to something. I'm a smart dude. I'm a smart ass dude around here. Nice, yeah. And I, I gotta say, you know, the the villain they called him Vecno, which is like a character from D and D, obviously. But uh, you know, Stone Cobra. If you listen to oh. our record on Bank, it's only available on freaking Bandcamp. But the song "16 in a Bag," which we wrote back in the day, mm-hmm. the chorus is Vecno will rise. We called that shit, buddy. I rem- I remember the day so fucking vividly that me, Josh, and Will are hanging out at the house. Right, it's when Josh and Will were my roommates here at this house. And Josh was like, hey, Will, can I, can I see a couple of your D&D books? I need some lyric inspiration. <laughs> and Will, you know, Will was like, fuck yeah, man. Okay, so I got this. It's the Guide to Dark Gods or whatever. You know, the book was. And Josh would be like, give it to me. And sure enough, who showed up in them lyrics but Vecna? I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. dude. That is a, a fucking uh, a double trouble song. It's a big trouble in little china reference and a D D yep. reference like yeah yeah <clears throat> we yeah you know the song was called six demon bag before we wrote lyrics right right to it and then the you know at the by the time we wrote lyrics had nothing to do with the, with the song title but we left it in there as as an homage to one of our favorite movies of you all have time to. that's too good of a song title um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i really dug vecna uh i feel like you know, you, you you come in with season one and you have the dem, dema, <clears throat> Demogorgon, right? Pretty iconic. You know, it even became a killer in Dead by Daylight. And then since then, <clears throat> the villains haven't been quite as interesting to the point where I don't even remember what the big bad for season two was, right? Season three was the Mind Flayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and now we're getting to the point where for season four and seemingly season five, Vecna is the big bad. And you know what it gives me? Fucking Buffy vibes in a big way where oh, yeah. there was a different big bad every season. And then the last season mm-hmm. was like the first who was the first evil, like this ultimate embodiment of evil. So now you replace yep. that with Vecna and that's who you have as I thought it was pretty fucking cool. I'm bad. I thought so too. And it, look at no look at the last shot of the of the season where they're looking out or you know 11 and all the rest of them are looking out at the flame and ash rising out of the the gate or whatever it mm-hmm. reminded me of the last shot of buffy season seven where they're looking at the ruins of the high school you know? oh yeah after <clears throat> and uh, that's a good call um yeah yeah i definitely wouldn't be surprised if that was a bit of an influence but yeah man <clears throat> i thought this season was real solid um i did too. I had some I had some funny things about the um Uh-oh. the finale. Okay. Like Robin. You remember um yep. Maya Hawk's character. I love her love character. Her. Um great. Yeah, she she pulls it off real well. Um she wore that beret at the end. She looked like Jill Valentine from um Resident Evil. Oh really? In a uh. like in a like a hilarious, like n- like not tough way. Like a cheat like <laughs> like 
that like I'm gonna make a Jill Valentine costume by just going to the thrift store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would Jill Valentine look like in the '80s? Let's try that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vecna, like where his like area, his his house where he was keeping where he would tie people up and you would see the other bodies kind of ensnared in the, in uh-huh. the trunks or whatever. That place looked like um, crumbling Faramazla from Elden Ring. Nice. With all the shit flying around in the air. I thought that was pretty cool. <coughs> um, um, okay. So, Hopper, Hopper yeah. at, when he fought the Demogorgon. With the sword? Was using a claymore build. Oh, I thought that was pretty good. By the way, you know that's Conan's sword, and it's not a recreation. No that's shit. the actual prop they used in the movie. <laughs> they got the actual Conan sword for that scene. That scene was pretty badass. It by the was. Way. I, I I did love how uh, they managed to link the, all that shit up time wise in Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the one kind of stretch to me that was really like, whoo, we're we're really suspending our disbelief for this, but it was still a lot of fun. I'm, I'm I love that for the scene. run. You know who uh, uh, me too, yeah. Uh, another character who I really ended up liking uh, that was a new character was the Russian guard who's trying to get Hopper oh, out of prison. The guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well you know Eddie was yep. in Game of Thrones. What did he play in Game of Thrones? He must have had a smaller role. I can't remember him. Yeah, it was a smaller role. He might have been like, I want to say he was in some way um, affiliated with like the Starks in Game of Thrones. Yeah, the guard in this one was the Arya's teacher for the faceless men or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, He was he was good. I liked him. Kept calling him American, you know, American super 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the, uh, we had to laugh at the end. Do you remember when they went to, um, give, give stuff to, you know, try to help people out who had been affected by the earthquake and whatnot? It was Robin and Steve and Dustin. Mm -hmm. And they're like, can we do anything to help? And the next thing you know, they're putting Steve to work, folding clothes and, and Robin's making peanut butter sandwiches. And they make the dude with the broken leg walk around and give people water. That's fucked that up. Dude <laughs> that dude might have needed to, to sit down and make some sandwiches. Get, That's my, what, man, get my man a splint or something, bro. He looked like me <laughs> trying to walk. Here, you kid, walk around. You need to walk that shit off, kid. <laughs> Be good for you. Yeah, my man had a, a seriously injured ankle. He's just lipping around. Man, that scene with him and Eddie's uncle. I'll be oh, honest yeah. with you. Heartbreaker. Yeah. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you though. At the first though, at the first of it, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know." I, and then the more <laughs> it went on, the worse I got. Where I was like, "Yeah, they pulled it off. They yeah. pulled it off." The, the 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 line where he he says he said he's a hero. Mm-hmm. Like I got goosebumps. Yeah. It was it was, it was well executed. Bruh, that I, that final episode messed me up in several parts. There's some real fucking emotional writing in that last episode um oh my god and it's like a roller coaster i mean the whole season is basically like they're cutting just constantly between these crazy timelines of mm-hmm. stories you know that are all happening concurrently i guess but the the last episode it just gets nuts yeah. like with all the stuff happening simultaneously you, it, the, the middle of that episode just felt like i was gonna have a heart attack at any mm-hmm. point like it's it was real just crazy intense. And then, like, you know, of course, you have to have the part where, 
you know, like you said, they're all spread out in different locations and simultaneously everybody's effort in each uh, different location goes wrong at the same time. You know what I mean? We're like mm-hmm. Hopper gets tackled by the fucking hellhound fucking, you know, they can't get Vecna, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever it is, all the stuff that goes on. And then, you know, it pays off with the, the sudden turnaround where everything works out. At least you kind of hope you, you're not real sure. But, dude, when it does and there's fucking flamethrowers going off and Hopper's fighting a Demogorgon with the sword and Eleven's doing fucking X-Men shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was coming, bro. It was, yeah. it was, it was good. Yeah, it was really cylinders, good. man. Um, so <laughs> I did want to bring up a couple of things real quick. Um, two things I wanted to ask you. Did it seem like it was the season of monologues to you? Like oh yes, yeah, this was a very monologue season. Yeah, yeah, and they most of them were great. Most of them, most of them are great. Like when Paul Reiser is talking to Eleven at the diner, and he's giving her that fucking Charles Xavier come join the X Men speech. I was like, <laughs> yo, yo, like I got up in my wheelchair, started doing wheelies and shit. That's how excited I was. <laughs> yeah, who knew Burke had it in him from Burke from Aliens? Good for him. Yeah. Real good. That part really got me hyped. All right. What were some of the monologues you didn't like, or did was there anybody in particular who you didn't care for monologuing? I'm trying to think. Um, Nancy's boyfriend. We're kind of out on him in this house. Jonathan. Yeah. I don't know, man. That speech he gives Will when they're filling up the tub. That was nice. Where that was his like, best moment. Easily what? his best moment of this. Where he was like, hey, man, I know what's up, right? I know, like, it's the 80s and people aren't super cool with this for some fucking reason. But I know you got a thing for Mike, for little Kylo Ren. It's cool, man. I'm your brother no matter what. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, man. They finally yeah. gave Jonathan something good to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I just felt like his character was just kind of underused. This Well, I mean, Mike and Will but, really didn't have a whole lot to do this season either, to no. be honest, which I, I was kind of okay with. That's fine. But yeah, there's um, uh, there. It's weird for, for episodes that ran so long. I did feel like Will kind of got the shaft as far as like, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of the crux of his story this season is sort of like, you know, his feelings for Mike, which I think is a, is a very interesting and well done story. And like, same. It's same. cool. Yeah, and I shit, thought but, it was compelling. But Kid a, made the the actor was really good. Like, yeah, he, he was. you know, he, very, very emotional, powerful, powerful actor. But other than that, they didn't give him a whole lot to do. Same with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they they all play a big part in the the big final battle, so they get something there. But like, you know, when you compare them to the kids in Hawkins or, uh, you know, Eleven and uh, Joyce and all the characters in Russia, it seems like the group of California kids, like after a certain point, after they have that huge action scene where the fucking military, that was nuts. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. After that, you know, they're kind of on a road trip, which is cool. And, and it pays off in a big way. Um, okay. So Vecna, right. He's the big bad. We were talking about him. Did you at any point when watching those flashback sequence peg that that actor also played Vecna? Uh, I read it before I knew it. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, but, but I wouldn't have had any idea if I, I hadn't read it. Immediately Good when call. I saw him, I was like, I think that's the dude in the Vecna makeup. There's something about that dude that seems similar. So what did you think of his backstory? Like, I was, we were talking before we started recording, and I was like, 
you know, in some ways it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of Stranger Things seasons where it ends on a real dark note and there's even a surprise father reveal for the main hero, in this case, Eleven. Um, I found that stuff pretty compelling. I won't lie. Like the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, at first I was like, ugh. Like, I thought they were just going to give her her superpowers, but like, what is going on? And then the fucking creepy Epstein dude, you know what I'm talking about? The doctor, the real creepy doctor, not Paul Reiser, but like fucking Epstein. Yeah, Epstein Island, bro, there. Oh, it's a little fucking weird, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Might want to fucking check his search history, my dudes. I don't know the FBI is going to be too cool with this guy. They figure out oh, he's what up to what he's up to in his free time. That's real bad. You might want to look into him. There'd be a document, a six part documentary about him on Netflix talking about he started an underground school for psychic <laughs> children, but his, the demons in his closet were even worse. <laughs> I'd be like, bro. This is depressing. I am not watching this. <laughs> I enjoyed the. Uh, I did enjoy those her flashback sequences though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I thought they were pretty compelling. I mean, anytime there's like a bully story, like yeah. it's like automatic, and like I just feel those more. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I don't know. It just draws and you in. The like, way- same thing when she was getting picked on in in school. You know, yeah. earlier too. And then the way, like from the beginning of the season through the through to the big reveal where they kind of make you think it was 11 that killed all the other kids right and like there's right. even no, a part... i knew i knew that she didn't do that shit i'm gonna i, I don't okay. i'm not trying to toot my own horn but i was just toot like it. there's no way toot, toot. there's no way that unless she was going to die at the end of the show because there's no way like your main character can do something like that without i feel like ultimately paying the ultimate price you know, at the end of the show, which could have happened, but I was just like, I just don't see it. I don't see her killing a bunch of kids. This yeah. didn't seem, seem so to out me, of character. To me, that whole execution of that reveal of like, no, it wasn't 11, it was one or Vecna or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want to call him. Um, like, I thought that was cool. Like, I thought that was cool. I did too. Yeah. I gotta say, like, I love the fact that they wrote the like satanic panic in on this mm-hmm. game like mm-hmm. i find that period of time so fucking fascinating because like when i was a kid who was first getting into dungeons and dragons and, and heavy metal music it was like just post satanic panic so you still had like a lot of kids moms that would be like you know if you play blizzard of oz backwards he tells you to kill yourself or whatever <laughs> the fuck it was right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's always been kind of fascinating to me and you know there's that shitty tom hanks movie mazes and monsters where he plays a character who gets too into D and D and starts killing folks or some shit. It was like a real propaganda. Thanks, it was like the eighties yeah. version of reefer madness. Reefer madness. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think my, my parents weren't full on satanic panic, but I think that they would have been wary of me playing D and D at a young age, mm-hmm. which is silly. You know, yeah. like I eventually got into it. I had like super satanic books. Like I didn't care, <laughs> you know, like, when the school I went to, you know, was super religious. It was like a Southern Baptist school. You better not, you better not utter the phrase dungeon preceded by dragon or you, <laughs> bro, you was going to get in <laughs> unlocks trouble. The, unlocks the switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then years later, not it the became Magic the Gathering. No. It, it, years later, it became Magic the Gathering. It was like, don't you bring up Magic the Gathering. 
Do not yeah, bring magic then, cars to school. And then later it was freaking Harry Potter. Like, yep. can't have these kids reading. About wizards. You know. Fucking wizards. Yeah. Um, back to Stranger Things, like, I thought that um, the boyfriend, or the, the kind of the foil, I guess, for them, the, the captain of the basketball team, uh-huh. I thought he played his, his part pretty well. He got Finn. gruesome. He got gruesomely killed at the end. Good. I Good. didn't see that coming either. Okay. Yeah, like... I'll tell you this. The the one of the uh, monologues that didn't work for me was him at the town hall meeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's probably because I was just like, I hate this guy. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of his monologues I didn't care for. Like when he was uh, at the gun store and oh, Nancy yeah. was buying the gun. Who Nancy, side note, had like, I feel like she was the kind of the muscle this episode right. or this this season right like i uh she was kind of like Sarah, channeling some sarah connor vibes i, felt I got a little her, bit especially, especially with the, that shotgun the sawed off shotgun i totally mm-hmm. know what you yeah. mean yeah she did good I, I enjoyed that um max had to me like the best oh. acting of the season She's i thought crazy that they put most most of the emotional weight was on her shoulders and she, and she pulled it, it off really well yeah killed Man. it yeah like that scene where Vecna's fucking with her and, and like she sees her mom in the back with the laundry. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then when mm-hmm. she comes out of it, like her mom was never even, bro. Bro. Yeah. The mind fucks that they put on were awesome. Super Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just that whole dream sequence that just turns sinister in a hurry. Like mm-hmm. I love that shit. Man. That and starts really off good. normal and then turns sinister. Like they really pulled mm-hmm. it off. I hope they nail this last season. I hope I don't have to wait until I'm fucking 52 to see it. Like, I hope... <laughs> I, too, I, I, saw I hope them. they stick the landing. I hope they do too, man. I need it in a big way. I, I have confidence as of right now. You know, like, if I watch season two and you told me the next season was the last one, I'd be like, whoa. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Is Where, this Game of Thrones Where's situation? David Benioff and D.B. Weiss? <laughs> What are they up to? Keep them away from the Netflix offices. <laughs> Keep them far away. Well, they they are doing a they're they're doing a Netflix spinoff show. You know, yeah. uh, not not D and D, but the Duffer Brothers are are going to do a spinoff. Uh, yeah, supervise and, one. It would be so funny if they brought and, them on to do it. <laughs> did you notice in that towards the end? Also, I got to mention uh, the last episode of Game of Stranger Things is like Return of the King, where it has like seventeen different fucking endings. I kept being like, "Oh, this is the last one," and then it wasn't. Sure did. Yeah, it kept going. <laughs> then there was twenty minutes in the fucking Salvation Army or wherever the school where they're hanging out, helping out, making sandwiches and shit. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, why did I bring that up? Oh man, I got lost in the meme again. Oh, um, <laughs> so we're talking about um, the Can't ending help you here. Um, mm-hmm. shit, I can't remember. I cannot remember. I, I wanted to make that fucking joke about how many I sacrificed the actual point. I wanted to make a fucking stupid joke about Return of the King. Oh, oh, okay. I uh, got it. I remembered. It. I found it. Oh, do it, do it before you forget it. Okay. Towards the end, when Lucas was reading to Max, did you see what book he was reading to her? Oh, of course, the Talisman. The Talisman baby. by Stephen King, and those Your dudes. Are, they're yeah. um, they're producing a adaptation of that for Netflix, like a movie. That was one of the things that, like, right when the finale came out, they announced all this shit. These dudes are going to be doing for Netflix in this the future and producing a 
movie uh, adaptation of this talisman is one of them i'm excited oh, man. for that yeah and i'm super super stoked for that that's that will that could be incredibly rad if done right and the duffers seem like i mean that that time period that that book was written seems tailor-made for them right yes. like i mean yes. it's it's right in the same kind of vein as stranger things almost and um they're also apparently doing a live action uh version of death note which yeah i'm very excited to see how they do that that's one of my favorites uh anime and mangas that was a really good story if you've never seen it i think it's oh next time i don't know if the i think the anime is on netflix so it could be worth watching if it's if you if it's your thing hey next time we record steve remind me to talk about yankees oh man definitely I, <laughs> you tweeted about it a little bit yeah. this week and it was uh it was pretty awesome okay do you, do you have anything else you want to bring up about stranger things before we go i don't think so just yeah. that i really enjoyed it me too, uh, man. and and uh i can't wait for the next season well, there you have it, guys. There's a little uh, off the beaten path about Stranger Things. I would say it was it was sort of odd, but man, was it a ball. So listen, what this is what you need to do. You need to leave us a review on iTunes. Every 20 reviews, we give away a gift card. Come on, guys. Help us out, please. You like us. We make you laugh. Or you listen to this and you're like, these guys are stupid. Pity us. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, you could send in an email like our buddy Nathan, the fucking hero. The man who heard my impassioned plea for correspondence and answered the call. Blue Harvest. Oh, boy, I was on a roll. Highpotionpod at gmail.com. Then you need to follow Steve at Stone Cobra on Twitter. You can follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. And you can follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. And guess what? We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.